The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with Melissa Joan Hart. LL Cool J gave me some great advice. He had all these gold chains and I was like, wow, look at all these diamonds. And he said something to the effect of don't waste your money on something like this. Buy a house. Like he gave me like solid investment advice where I was like, save my money. Got it. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Hopefully by now, we can all agree that cardiovascular exercise is important. It's important. When the number one cause of death are heart issues, heart disease, coronary artery disease, all huge issues, and cardiovascular exercise is a big part of the solution, then we should do it. And this is why I talk about how ridiculous it is when you see these posts by social media people who have great genetics who say they never do cardio. Good for you. That's a problem. It's not a problem at 22 or 32 or 42, generally speaking, but it's important. We need to move. We need to raise our heart rates and we need to do it frequently. So cardio is important. But then it comes down to that question that is one of the primary drivers of this show. What do I do when it comes to cardio? You've got your treadmill, your rower, your bike, you're a swimmer, you're a walker. So many different ways to do cardio. But how do you maximize your time and your results? How do you get the most out of your workouts? And I've done a handful of podcasts that have been actually more specific. I'm going to talk about low-intensity steady-state training. LIS is the acronym for that. And then we're going to talk about, of course, something you cannot get away from in the media, and I have written at length about it and talked about it at length too, high-intensity interval training. And then what's the in-between? Is there an in-between? Well, yes, there is for me and for many others in this business who share my philosophy. And so these are my three cardio zones. Now, there are more, 
And I will explain what that means. But this is yet another perfect example of keep it simple, stupid. When it comes to fitness, we can get really complicated. But there's no reason. There's actually reason not to, I would argue. And that's why my first book, I was writing right out of grad school, you know, fresh with all that information, exercise science, sports psychology, all of this great information fresh in my head and got that first book deal. 12-week triathlete, first edition. And I was all excited to write the training plans. And as I sat down to figure out and, and, and work on the outline and, and my basic philosophy behind it, I was going to keep it simple. So in other words, the, the competitors' books out there, many of the top books at the time, and, and they're still around today, complicated. Complicated. Now, there are certain people, it's a very small percentage, that can benefit from that and want to be that specific. But there are problems, I would argue, with that specificity. Most of you don't care and don't need it. And even those who do care, most of you, I would argue, you don't need it. You need to be more consistent than worry about these minute training zones, these very small windows. And again, I will explain them shortly. But it's yet another perfect example of it doesn't have to be complicated. And I'm going to give you my three zones that I have used myself and with my clients for decades with great success. And as I should say, too, I have never personally followed those more complicated zones. And I have had great success. Won a small marathon. You know, achieved my goals of a sub-three-hour marathon, a sub-ten-hour Ironman. So I'm living proof that they work. Yes, that's an N equals one study. And genetics are involved as well. But they work. And they've worked for me and many others as well. All right, quick break. When we come back, I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to give you the, you know, the more specific training zones, and then we're going to dial it down and talk about why you're confused, and I get it, the American College of Sports Medicine's outlook and, and recommendations on intensity. We'll go through it all. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce 
I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that is guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Ooh, like a recent episode with Melissa Joan Hart. LL Cool J gave me some great advice. He had all these gold chains and I was like, wow, look at all these diamonds. And he said something to the effect of, don't waste your money on something like this. Buy a house. Like he gave me like solid investment advice where I was like, save my money. Got it. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back talking about cardio zones. What do you do? At what level should you do your cardio? And was speaking earlier about high-intensity interval training. You cannot get away from it. And it is... I feel like I'm, you know, a broken record sometimes, but for good reason, you know, it is one of those articles commonly put forth as this is the only way to do it. Stop wasting your time. You will literally read the articles that say low intensity steady state training makes you fat. Yeah, no. Exercise does not make you fat, people. I don't even like the word fat. You are not fat. You have fat. We all have fat. We all have body fat. But there is no one way. There is no one way. And so just like everything else in fitness, it's either there's one way or there's like a really complicated way. And not to disparage this system, because, listen, super successful for some really high functioning triathletes, runners, things like that. But, you know, one of the the plans, the, the kind of philosophies that uh, I was alluding to earlier one, two, three, four, five, six, seven zones, right? Zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, zone 5A, zone 5B, zone 5C. And these are heart rate zones. Many within three percentage points. In other words, you're going to go, one zone is 90% to 93% of a certain number. And what, again, are the issues I have with this? Vast majority of you, doesn't matter. It's too much. It's too complicated. So not only are the the zones too complicated, but getting your actual heart rate zones based on the formulas, and I did a show on that too, quick fit tip about your heart rate zones. The only true way or one of the most accurate ways to get your zones is to go into a lab. I'm actually getting ready to go back in, have not been in the lab in years, grabbing a friend, we're going back in. I want to see what what I am, you know, all these years later. 
But you go into a lab, you get hooked up to equipment, you have people who know how to interpret the data, and you can do it on a treadmill, on a bike. Yes, you can use those formulas, but just know that 220 minus your age is inaccurate for many people. And then there are other formulas, and I want to get into them all now, but suffice it to say that you start with an inaccurate formula or semi-accurate at best, and then you try to dial it down to seven different zones and stay within a couple percentage points within those zones, that's really difficult to do. And again, for the vast majority of you, completely and utterly unnecessary. I had those clients many years ago when I was really coaching uh, many people for Ironmans and different triathlons and adventure races and marathons and half, all those things. And some wanted those zones. And I would push them. I never use seven, never. But I would use fewer and I would push them hard to the topic today. Three zones. Three zones. All right. So it depends on your goals, obviously. It depends on your personality type. But we're talking about what you can actually do and why you should do it. Why be this crazy, you know, this, this complicated when the, the results are, I would argue, no different for the vast majority of people, okay? And then let me just finish with this. When it comes to heart rate, heart rate is incredibly variable. What do I mean by that? So many things can affect your heart rate. Caffeine, stress, sickness, lack of sleep certain drugs, things like that. It's incredibly variable. So you take a relatively inaccurate formula, you take incredibly small zones, and then you take the variability of heart rate. Now we, we've got a bunch of problems going on. And this is why cyclists tend to use power, totally different metric, not affected in the same way or even remotely close to the way heart rate is by what I just described. And now there are certain products to measure power while running too. So let's just start there. Or, you know, that's the intro to being super complicated. Okay. So what are my three zones? Well, I'll get there in a second. <laughs> just quickly, I want to give you the American College of Sports Medicine's super reputable organization. I have a certification through them. American College Sports Medicine, really great in cardio. When I was getting my certifications, the ACSM was the one I wanted for specific, you know, knowledge into cardio. They have strength as well, but ACSM really, really good at the cardio, cardiovascular component. And for those personal trainers out there, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, you know, they more known for the strength component. So here's part of the confusion. So ACSM has their guidelines on intensity, perceived effort, heart rate, and let me just start with their recommendation for cardiovascular exercise. And I quote, substantial health benefits are gained when adults achieve 150 to 300 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise per week. Now, a huge part of the problem there is, as you are probably guessing what's moderate and what's vigorous. What's moderate and what's vigorous. This is why so many studies are flawed because of self-reports. And that's why whenever, and you know, I will always look at the studies. It's a huge part of this show. 
and we'll break them down though. But we have to know that when they are self-reports, what people, what you consider moderate and what I consider moderate from a perceived intensity standpoint can be totally different. So in other words, there are people going around saying they do vigorous exercise who really don't based on, you know, heart rates and things like that. And then the opposite is true. And what I found, this may sound a little harsh, but it is true. Super type A's don't think they go hard enough. And many, especially first-time exercisers, think they're going hard when they have room to go harder. That's just my experience. And it's many, many years. And it's the in-between. It's the excessive moderation. Here we go, getting back to that. Always. And this will play into my zones. So, that is what the American College of Sports Medicine is recommending as far as cardiovascular exercise per week. And now let's look at what they consider to be the zones, okay? Perceived effort, and this is where I totally disagree, okay? So they are using a scale of 1 to 10, which is the one I prefer. There's the Borg scale, 1 to 20. I always found that to be even more confusing uh, for my purposes and my clients over the years. Okay, so scale between 1 to 10. According to the American College of Sports Medicine, moderate is a perceived exertion of three to four. That's moderate. And vigorous is five to seven. I disagree. I disagree. Now, the problem here is individual variation, right? You get a hardcore athlete and ask them a pain level, you know, what is there for is someone else's nine. So that's why this is tricky. But I would just, I, I not would, I have an issue just with those numbers to begin with. For me, three to four is easy. Five to six would be moderate. Seven to 10 would be hard. And let me just give you their heart rates. So again, American College Sports Medicine. Moderate intensity exercise is estimated at 65 to 75% of your heart rate max and vigorous 76 to 96. And the target heart rate they're using is 220 minus your age times your heart rate max, obviously. So the age graded heart rate formula. Now, most people aren't going to do that math, can't do that math, don't have the right number to start with to begin with oftentimes, even when it is 220 minus your age. So I oftentimes throw out the heart rate to begin with. Listen, it's as simple as this, people. I used to go to people's houses right when polar and the different heart rate monitors came out. Most people can't even set up their own watches. It's better now than it was years ago, much easier. But my point is quick aside, like the fitness technology, there's so much going on and you just want to get a workout in. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. All right. So don't necessarily have an issue with the minutes per week. That's fine. I, I think most people aren't going to count. I just want you to move more to pick your number of workouts per week, start to, you know, dial in those. That works for you, though, that's fine. But the moderate and vigorous, I, I think this is a huge part of the problem. I know this is a huge part of the problem. Okay? And we're making things too complicated when they don't need to be. 
and vice versa. And let me just say one final time with the seven zone system, that is, those are books that are generally speaking to cyclists and triathletes and people like that. But I just wanted to give you those extremes because there's not much in the middle except for the three zones I'm going to give you. All right, let's do one final break. When we come back, going to give you them and we're going to talk about them. All right, and then I'm going to give you a plan on how you could break down your week with the different zones and different types of workouts for your cardio to get the most out of it. Because I always want you to have, when it makes sense with the topic, actionable information you can use right away. All right, final break. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that is guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Ooh, like our recent episode with Melissa Joan Hart. LL Cool J gave me some great advice. He had all these gold chains and I was like, wow, look at all these diamonds. And he said something to the effect of, don't waste your money on something like this. Buy a house. Like he gave me like solid investment advice where I was like, save my money, got it. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about the different types of cardio intensities, the confusion that is there. And listen, I have to say... One final time when it comes to perceived exertion, what's hard to you is hard for the most part. (laughs) But this is why having a trainer, having a workout partner, exercising with a group can be so beneficial. 
on multiple levels, adherence, all of those things, fun, but it also, research shows, makes you go harder. So exercising by yourself and exercising in a group, one of the original sports psychology, you know, studies. Cyclists biking by themselves and biking in a group, when do you think they went faster? Okay, because perceived exertion is lower in those situations for many people. So this is why over the many decades in this industry, I have had and adhere to this philosophy of keep it simple. And it works because it's, it's, it's doable. It's understandable. And when it comes to exercise, I get it. People are like, you know, I want to get out. I want to do it. I want to have fun with it. I want to do it again. I want to see results. So I say frequently on the show, and back when I was writing that first book, I had to make that conscious decision to say, you know, there are going to be people that say this isn't complicated enough. This isn't hard enough. Get that all the time. And that's fine. I'm proud of that. Because my results speak for themselves and yours will too. And I love getting in, uh, you know, uh, with my books and videos and now this show over the years, like the feedback from people are like, you know what? I did what you said. I gave it time. I mixed it up. And I'm seeing results. So, yes, high intensity interval training is great. Low intensity interval training, or I keep saying low intensity interval training, low intensity steady state training, also great and necessary. And then the middle ground. So those are, there you go, my three zones. My three cardio zones are easy. We'll talk about that. I call it moderate. That's also tempo. So moderate and then hard. You go, that's it? Yeah, that's it. But the difference is easy is easy. Many people go too hard during easy. Hard is hard. Many people go, well, both ends of the spectrum. Not hard enough is the most often. Not hard enough. And then the, the middle ground, that is, I would argue, and I just wrote an article about this the other day, that's the tougher zone to find for many people. Because if you're truly, you know, you know what easy is, if you're truly listening to your body, hard is, you don't want to be there very long. You're out of breath. Easy is, Easy. It should be easy. It should be really easy. Listen, in my opinion, in my experience, you can't go easy enough on your easy days. And hard, this is why duration and intensity, the harder you go, the shorter that duration. When someone tells me they're doing, you know, a five-minute interval, high intensity, I go, no, you're not. No, you're not. High-intensity interval workouts should be short, and the intervals should be short, generally speaking. And my philosophy, my opinion, there's many different ways to do it depending on your goals, but recovery should be pretty good. Again, a lot depends on your goals and things like that, but for the vast majority of you, you should be recovered. You go super hard for those interval workouts, and then you recover, and then you do it multiple times, 
You cool down and you're done. They shouldn't be super long, either the workouts or the intervals themselves. All right? Easy, moderate, and hard. Moderate, as I said, confusing. So moderate, for those of you who actually run, you know, have done races, many of you in the past, maybe a 5K, a 10K race, that's that moderate pace. Comfortably uncomfortable. And we could talk about AT thresholds and things like that. Not necessary here, but I just wanted to throw that out there for those of you who are, you know, cyclists, runners, we're talking getting up there, right underneath for the most part. Right underneath. So comfortably uncomfortable. What is that? That's a pace, generally speaking, five to maybe 25, 30 minutes, roughly speaking, depending on what your you know, goals are, how long the workout is, comfortably uncomfortable. You're not dying. You're just not really comfortable. You're, you don't want to be there very long. But you can stay at that pace for 25, 20, 15 minutes, depending on your fitness level. And so you want variation in all three of these zones to get the most out of your workouts. Now, I don't care what your goals are. Weight loss, performance, health. Variation is essential to strength training, to cardio for so many reasons. You know, I could get into the energy systems involved, uh, you know, even have notes here, but I don't want to get deep into it. There's the aerobic system, you know, your lactic threshold system, the uh, anaerobic threshold system, different names for that middle zone, and then your anaerobic, your, your high intensity. Now, all three of those are at play at any given time. It's just the relative input of each one, how much, how much you're in that zone, right? Easy is aerobic, but you still have a little bit of the other energy systems going on, just a very small percentage at any given time. But there are benefits to going easy, there are benefits to going moderate, and there are benefits to going hard. And so let me just finish up this moderate zone. I personally love this workout. So for those of you with kids, I do this with my, I've done it a couple years now, 10 year. We started when he was nine or 10. He's uh, 12 now. So my 12 year old bikes and I run next to him. And we do, sometimes it's a, generally speaking, a six mile workout. So he's biking. How many benefits here, right? Spending time with your kid. He's getting exercise in outside. Awesome. Awesome. Exercising together. We go easy for two miles. We talk, have fun. And we have great sidewalks, by the way, where I live, super safe. Then the middle two miles, I tell him to pick up the pace. And he loves this. And I stay right behind him, kind of drafting a little bit. But we get to that comfortably uncomfortable pace. And I hold that for two miles. And then we do the final two miles back down at the pace we started at. That is my moderate workout, a tempo workout. Again, those of you who are runners, have read those magazines over the years, you know what I'm talking about, but it's that literally, and I'm not using that term incorrectly, it's that gray zone. That's the gray zone we talk about, but it's right, I call it dark gray, right? So gray zone, generally speaking, in my vernacular is not super easy, not super hard, but that's where most people stay. So it's just outside easy for most people. And there's benefit to that, but this is dark gray. 
this is you're you're getting perilously close to you know your hit workout but you're underneath it again you can sustain it it's challenging it's comfortably uncomfortable so those are my three zones on my easy days i couldn't go easier <laughs> and that's what heart rate monitors are really good for people with clients over the years I, you don't really need in my opinion and experience can always say that heart rate monitors when you go to the track when you're out of breath when you're really pushing it when you're going hard body knows now you can use them of course you can and you know for different reasons and tracking your workouts things like that of course but going easy enough on your easy days that's challenging for many people so my easy days are easy my tempo days i need kind of I love having my son with me because it helps immeasurably to get into that comfortably uncomfortable zone and still be, uh, you know, entertained with him. And, and it's just a great way I have found to do it. And then the interval work, one specific workout again for those runners is going to the track. You do your warm up nice and easy, mile, two miles, three miles, whatever it is. Then you sprint a lap and you walk a half a lap or a full lap, whatever it is. Hard, easy, short. So you want these three workouts in your exercise arsenal. You know, one final example and uh, five zones. Runner's World article. I love the writer. Have contributed to many of her articles. Super smart. And this again, none of these are wrong. I just gave you my issues with them. And she says there are five zones. You know, this is, again, runner's world type thing. Very light, light, moderate, hard, and very hard. So zone one, very light, 50% to 60% of max heart rate. Zone two, light. Zone three, moderate, as I said. Zone four, hard. And zone five, very hard. Now, I included this because I generally follow, if you've listened to the other shows about nutrition, five to six meals a day, right? And I, as I read this, and, you know, I've read it, obviously, over the years, but wrote it into the notes, zone five zones to me it was like oh this is very similar to five meals a day and what are the challenging meals for many people it's not breakfast it's not lunch it's not dinner it's the in between and this is the same thing in my opinion with trying to follow these five zones very light light well just go light you know very light and light just go light so that zone two is, is challenging to, to find it and then so moderate is zone three. I love that, right? Zone four hard, zone five very hard. Well, I want you to go easy. I want you to go moderate. I want you to go very hard. If you want to follow others, totally up to you. I'm just saying, this is like when I go out the door, I go, I did it this morning. Four miles easy, super easy. And I was thinking about this and the show because I just read a guy I'd gone to high school with who posted his 10-mile run and said, you know, super slow, but whatever. Now, he's my age. He's actually a year or two older. That's awesome. Like, you're easy. To run 10 miles in your 50s, there are many people that can't do that. Who cares? So if you want to listen to my show, you know, ways nine ways my workouts have changed post-50, it's all in there. And actually, I'm going to send it to him to make him understand, feel better about what he's doing. But I went out this morning, easy. My next run workout is going to be hard, intervals. 
So there you have it. Now, here's a quick way. Now, you know, I'm a big fan for many people running on non-consecutive days. This violates that somewhat, but I just want to give you a basic framework of one way you could structure a week. And this is if you're running five times a week. Okay, taking these three zones into account and go, okay, what do I do? How do I make that a schedule? So Monday, rest day. Monday, rest day. Most runners training for things like marathons, half, you know, whatever. Any of you exercising, you need a rest day. And if you're like me and Saturday and Sunday, you do more because you're outside, you know, kids, you have more time. And generally speaking, many people will do their biggest bout of exercise on a Sunday. And that could be tennis. That could be, you know, carrying your golf bat. I don't care what it is. Sundays are generally when you can do the most. So Monday, rest day. Tuesday, your high intensity interval training. That's your hit day. And many athletes will do that as well. You know, they, they play on the weekends. Monday's off. Tuesday, boom. You're rested. You're ready. Wednesday, that's your recovery day. Low intensity, steady state. Intervals on Tuesday, Low intensity, steady state, recovery day, active recovery, if you want to call it that. But your easy aerobic day. Thursday, now that's your tempo day. That's your go comfortably uncomfortable, longer chunk of time. Let me say this. That also teaches you to have endurance, mental and physical, right? To hold a pace for a longer amount of time. This great high-intensity interval training, but, you know, 30-second, 45-second, 60-second intervals, they are going to increase your endurance. If you want to call it stamina, whatever the term is, your ability to hold a higher sustained pace for a longer amount of time. But that tempo pace not only does that, but it helps with that mental side, right? If you are someone who is competing at whatever level. Okay, so Thursday tempo, Friday this is hit again, but hills. So bike, elliptical, running. If you can make it hills, if you have the ability to change the incline, now you are killing two birds with one stone. Now you're getting interval training and strength work at the same time. So Friday would be your second hit workout. And if you can incorporate resistance, hills, type work into that as well, even better, right? So Tuesday's hit workouts, just speed. Friday, if you can incorporate intensity with resistance, even a better mix. Saturday, rest, another day off. You just did another hit workout. Take a day off. And then Sunday is your longest low-intensity, steady-state workout. That is just a great way to mix up your workouts, to keep your body guessing, to keep your, your mind engaged and excited. Because generally speaking, you know, you may love hit, you may hate low-intensity, steady-state. So you're going to mix it up. But I will leave you with what I often leave you with. Most people do one thing. You know, you do what you love, you do what you're good at. You're the endurance guy, you go out and you run, you know, long distances, but you don't do the strength work, you don't do the interval training, and you're going to have problems over time. Or you just do hit training way too often, and over time, that's going to be an issue. 
Or you're someone who's just like, Tom, I, I, I really don't like the treadmill or the elliptical or whatever it is. And a huge part of that is because you don't have plans and you're not seeing results. And when you structure it this way, and when you say, okay, I'm going to do a 20 minute hit workout, which is shorter, right? And there's huge value in that, regardless of the type of exercise you use that uh, hit formula for. And then on the weekend, you're like, yeah, you know what? I want to go ride my bike with my kids. Easy though. That's your list workout, your low intensity, steady state. But this has worked for me for decades. You know, go easy, go hard, go home. And then in the middle, do that moderate workout. And I'll be talking much more about those moderate workouts because, again, they're challenging. They're, they're kind of hard to find that zone. But I want you to constantly think comfortably uncomfortable. Dark gray. Not that light gray, which is just outside easy. This is dark gray, which is just under hard. But you can hold it for an extended period of time. Okay, enough. My three cardio zones. Try it. Let me know how it works for you. All right, please subscribe to the show. Rate the show. It takes two seconds. Come on, if you haven't done that. And uh, if you want to comment where you listen, that is awesome. Please do. Uh, Social media, hashtag Fitness Disrupted. I will see it. And if you want to reach out, I love hearing from you. Uh, Getting ready to record the next listener mailbag show, which is the questions you reach out to me with. And you can do that through Instagram, Twitter, are both Tom H. Fit, Tom H. Fit, Instagram and Twitter, fitnessdisrupted.com. You can email me through the site. And I do have that new virtual gym opening, just soft launch, which is at Tom Holland Fitness. Check that out. And the most recent book, Micro Workout Plan, is out. Thank you for listening. I say it at the end of every show. I love what I do. I want you to have the best information. It's worked for me. Yes, I'm N equals one, as I said earlier. But it's also worked for thousands of people who have followed this philosophy of excessive moderation. It's not sexy. It's not a quick fix. But when you do it, and when you give it time, it will change your life. You will look better. You will feel better. And you will live longer. And that is my goal for you to maximize your time and results and minimize your likelihood of injury. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. 
David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.